Curious Cousins and the Improbable Treasure Hunt. Chapter One, A New Beginning, in which cousins come a-calling. I don't understand why I have to give up my room. Catherine Delissa was trying to be patient with Mrs. Cumberstone. It didn't matter what Cat said. The housekeeper scurried around, mumbling about moving all Cat's stuff upstairs. Truth be told, mumbling and scurrying were two of Mrs. Cumberstone's least attractive traits. She was a wonderful cook, kind and jolly, but she was easily frazzled. Pack up your dressing table and I'll have the twins carry them boxes upstairs for you, she said as she rounded the corner out of Cat's room. But Mrs. Cumberstone, Cat started to object again. Too late, the plump woman had bounced down the hall into her brother's room. Cat looked at the mess around her. She hated that her things were all scattered about. Her cupboard had been emptied and her double bed had been piled high with her clothes. Neat, almost to a fault, the chaos made Cat's head buzz. She sighed, picked up a green sweater, folded it, and stuck it into the laundry basket closest to her. Just when things seemed to be returning to some semblance of order, now this. She moved over to the old-fashioned dressing table that had been her mum's, sat on the stool, looked into the mirror, and sighed. Then she began to empty the drawers. As Mrs. Cumberstone entered John and Paul's room, she stopped and surveyed what looked like the remnants after a tornado. Stacks of books on the floor threatened to topple over. Sticking out from under the bed were several long cardboard tubes, the insides of gift paper rolls, which the boys insisted on hoarding for their sword fights. The drafting table in front of the window was loaded with paints and brushes, markers and pencils, and a thick layer of paper. An overturned cup dripped water onto the floor. The fat lady huffed. The boys appeared to be curled up under their blankets, sound asleep. Boys, she shrilled, worried because she'd never known the nine-year-olds to sleep in. Are you not up yet? Are you not well? She reached for the blanket covering the lump on the lower bunk and pulled it back. The bed was filled with clothes. No John. Where have those boys gotten to know? Mrs. Compson. Where have those boys gotten to know? Mrs. Cumberstone mumbled as she reached for the pants on the top of the pile and started to fold. Cat was almost to the top of the stairs with a laundry basket full of her clothes when she heard the doorbell. She headed into her new room and put the basket on the bed. It was a pretty room. The walls were painted a cheerful daffodil yellow and sunlight streamed through the huge window bathing the room in a warm glow. On one wall hung a series of paintings her mother had done, watercolours of the three children playing in the garden. Each painting featured one of the siblings, Cat examining a flower, John digging in the dark earth, 
Paul examining a tiny bug he held between his fingers. Cat stood in front of the three paintings, wondering at how her mother had caught the intensity in each child's face. She glanced around the room. It was almost twice as big as her old room, with south-facing windows which looked over the cemetery that stretched for acres behind the house. When the brownstone and its neighbours had been built almost 75 years ago, this had been the outskirts of the city. Now they were smack dab in the middle, and the cemetery was a sanctuary of green in the midst of a congestion of concrete. The bell chimed again, and again. The chiming turned into an insistent knocking. Cat sighed. She'd better get the door, since apparently no one else was going to. As she headed down the two flights of broad, dark wooden stairs, sliding her hand along the cool, smooth banister, she called, Can't anyone else hear the doorbell? Cat swung the front door open to find her cousins, Danny and Grace, surrounded by four suitcases and a trunk. And a good morning to you too, she said, looking around her for Aunt Daphne. You've brought the whole kit and caboodle. Are you planning to stay for a while? Danny grabbed the handle of the largest of the suitcases, hoisted a backpack into position and pushed past Cat into the house. We have no idea, came the sullen response. We have been dumped. Grace, who was only six and barely big enough to see over the suitcase she stood behind, bubbled, Mummy is going on a grand adventure and we're here to spend some quality time with you. Cat stepped forward and took Grace's hand, guiding her through the maze of bags and into the house. The twins came thundering down the stairs, shouting in unison, We didn't know you were coming, Danny! They jumped the last three steps and bore down on Danny. That makes three of us, responded Danny, the anger trimming her words like tinsel on a Christmas tree. We did know, breathed Grace quietly to Cat. But Danny had her own plans for the summer and refused to listen when Mummy tried to give us the details. So you're the only one that knows what's going on, whispered Cat back to her smallish cousin. Yes, said Grace, because I'm a good listener. Well, pray, dear sister, would you share our mother's plans so we all know? Danny's tone was dry and biting. And then in a softer voice, I'm sorry, Gracie, darling. I know this isn't your fault. I'm just so flipping ticked. It's okay, Danny, reassured Grace, her face glowing with love. I know you're mad at Mummy. Boys, said Cat, rallying the troops into action. Help Danny to grab the rest of that stuff and bring it inside. Then meet Grace and me in the kitchen. Let's see if Mrs. Cumberstone knows what's going on. Have you two eaten, she asked, looking from Danny to Grace. Danny huffed. Mother bribed us with doughnuts this morning. I didn't eat any. I had two, cooed Gracie, as pleased as punch with her morning treat. Growing up in a household that prioritized fruit over sweets meant that offerings of doughnuts were rare. The boys went through the front door to gather in the remaining bags and the trunk while Cat and Grace headed to the kitchen. Mrs. Cumberstone, said Cat as she stared Grace through the kitchen door. Look what I found loitering on our doorstep. I weren't expecting you till this afternoon, Miss Gracie, replied Mrs. Cumberstone, as she leaned into the oven and reached out a muffin tin that smelled of blueberries and lemon. 
Mummy had to catch an earlier flight to China, said Grace, her nose twitching like a bunny's. Is this why you had me move out of my room? Cat asked as she reached for her muffin. Not yet, Mrs. Cumberstone snapped as she slapped Cat's hand away with a spatula. Yes, I knew they were arriving today. Didn't your father tell you they were coming? No, replied Cat. I haven't seen him in a couple of days. I guess he's deep into his next book. Cat's father was a well-known crime writer, but it had been three years since he had written anything new. After her mother's disappearance, Cat had watched her father grieve, locking himself away to write, but never actually producing anything new. Mrs. Cumberstone nodded gravely. Ah, yes, that's probably why. Then her face brightened as John, Paul and Danny bounded into the kitchen. You make an old woman deaf, she shouted over their banter. Sit, sit, I've got muffins and fresh juice, and if you want scrambled eggs, I'll make them too.